Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. An interesting week in politics in Ontario. First of all, I know the rules. I've been in politics for years. And I was 100% cleared with the Integrity Commissioner. And it's absolutely ridiculous. About $150 stag? You've got to be kidding me. You've known us for years. No one can influence the Fords. No one. A premier receiving a lot of backlash, a lot of pushback over his daughter's stag and doe, which was attended by developers. And the fallout in Toronto continues after that city's mayor resigned after admitting to having an inappropriate relationship with a former staffer. I'm deeply sorry, and I apologize unreservedly to the people of Toronto and to all of those hurt by my actions, including my staff, my colleagues on city council, and the public service for whom I have such respect. Most of all, I apologize to my wife, Barb, and to my family, who I've let down more than anyone else. Helping us unpack all of this is Colin DeMello, Queen's Park Bureau Chief at Global News, who joins us now on The Roy Green Show. Let's start unpacking this uh, wild week uh, or so in Ontario politics with the Premier and the controversy surrounding uh, concerns about his daughter's stag and doe. Tell us what went down. Yeah, so, so the stag and doe story is certainly one that is causing a lot of controversy for the Premier, and we're seeing that the Premier is really bothered by all of the questions about it because he feels like, you know, the questions are surrounding his family and getting kind of into personal territory. And it's not. It really has to do with the premier himself and, you know, what his uh, what he's been doing behind the scenes and how that's been helping developers. So, you know, the crux of the story is basically back in August, the premier holds a stag and doe for family members, his daughter and son-in-law. And invited to that stag and doe, we've been told are uh, people you know, who lobby government, government relations folks, and as well as developers. The premier admitted that developers attended. This week, we learned, the premier himself, that they were charging about $150 per ticket. Um, and, and that could mean a substantial amount of money that's being raised to directly benefit the premier's own family in terms of, you know, paying for the wedding, et cetera, et cetera. And so that really is the big question here. How much money did the government raise through all of this? And, and, and you know, did the, did the family in some way benefit out of this? And did developers benefit out of this as well? Yeah, so really optically, it doesn't look good. No, no, this doesn't look good at all, because I mean, if you think about it, right, MPPs, politicians, they're supposed to uh, adhere to a certain set of uh, guidelines, rules and, and, you know, a set of conduct uh, guidelines that really stipulate how they're supposed to deal with things like gifts. And and they're not generally supposed to accept gifts of any nature because it could, you know, unduly influence them at the policy level, especially if you're the premier, because you're making a lot of big decisions. Now, even if the premier was cleared ultimately by the integrity commissioner, as did happen, uh, from from an ethics perspective, from the public's perspective, they look at this and say, okay, 
you know, the premier has developers who he counts as friends. Those developers went to not only the stag and doe to raise money for his daughter's wedding, but some of them went to his daughter's wedding itself. And then months later, developers themselves, and we're not saying they're the same developers, but developers themselves were given this huge benefit with the green belt. Uh, land that was owned by developers was removed from the green belt. Those developers couldn't build on that land before. Now suddenly they can build on that land and they stand to make billions of dollars potentially in profit. And so some people are connecting these dots saying, well, wait a second. You know, if the premier has friends who are developers and those developers are benefiting from decisions that the premier is making, then isn't that a conflict of interest? And the premier doesn't seem to believe it is, but many members of the public uh, seem to think that there is an underlying issue here. Our guest on The Roy Green Show is Colin DeMello, Queen's Park Bureau Chief for Global News. We're breaking down a wild week in provincial politics here in Ontario. Uh, in his ruling in the invocation of the Emergencies Act, uh, Justice Paul Rulo laid some blame for what transpired at Parliament Hill a year ago at the feet of uh, Premier Doug Ford, basically saying that he abandoned his responsibilities Ford really went to great lengths to avoid any involvement in the convoy protest, or at least to send OPP until the very last minute to help disperse the crowd. Your thoughts on what Mr. Ruler, what Justice Rulo had to say? I mean, this was a scathing indictment of what the Ford government did or did not do during the uh, Ottawa occupation. You know, we knew about a year ago that there was some kind of a reluctance from the Ford government to really get involved. And we didn't know exactly what it was, except for the fact that the government's saying, listen, this is a policing matter and it's not our place to get involved in a policing matter. What what, what the Inquiry Commission finally uh, determined was that there had to have been a level of cooperation among all levels of government in order to solve the problem. And they said, had that cooperation existed, A, it would have meant that they would have had much more of a logistical idea of what was needed and what wasn't there. They would have been able to deploy the resources that were needed, maybe have been able to implement uh, whatever policy measures were needed to get the trucks out of there. But at the same time, and this was the part that really stood out, you know, had the provincial government participated, it would have given, according to the commission, the people of Ottawa the feeling that they had not been abandoned by their provincial government. And and that really is kind of the searing um, result that we got out of this uh, this report. They essentially said that there was a reluctance on behalf of the provincial government to get involved and that they didn't see what was happening in Ottawa as being as important as what happened in Windsor. Remember, the Ambassador Bridge eventually was subject to a blockade as well. That meant you know, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of trade across that bridge was also impacted. The Premier started getting calls you know, not only from members of the public or from politicians, but from um, you know, stakeholders, uh, the auto manufacturing sector, the agricultural sector, and they started putting pressure on the premier. And that's when the premier really started to get into action. But throughout the entire initial weeks, we know from this report that the government was absent. That's what they had determined, absent, um, and, and really seemed to give Ottawa and the residents of Ottawa, um, a sense that they have been abandoned by their provincial government. And we're talking about a city of more than a million people, right? This is a significant chunk of the Ontario population who it seems like, according to this report, was abandoned by the provincial government that could have been instrumental in helping break up that uh, that protest. 
Big bombshell in uh, Ontario politics about a week ago involving the mayor of, now the former mayor of Toronto, John Tory. He resigned as mayor under a cloud of darkness. And uh, it, you know, it really appeared that many politicians didn't want to see him step down after acknowledging that he had an inappropriate relationship with a former staffer. What political and even economic ramifications is this move having on Ontario's biggest city? Well, the economic ramifications are, of course, the budget itself, right? The the mayor of Toronto was given these strong mayor powers by uh, Premier Doug Ford, and those strong mayor powers meant he alone was crafting the budget and implementing the budget. And now, unfortunately, the, the mayor who passed the budget is no longer there to be held accountable for the budget that he passed. And that included a 7% property tax increase, an increase uh, for uh, a transit, Toronto Transit Commission, for every single ride, uh, and then some other increases as well. But but primarily, it's the property tax that a lot of people were kind of you know chuffed about. Uh, but that aside, now we are in the situation where, you know... Uh, just a quarter of the way into this this term, now they're looking for a new mayor. And and this is the big question in terms of who this new mayor is going to be and where they're going to come from and who really is behind them. And make no mistake, the Premier of Ontario has said publicly that he's not taking sides, he's not going to influence the outcome. But really, behind the scenes, the Premier has a pick, we've been told, and that is Mark Saunders, the former chief of police in Toronto. Um, the, the premier's uh, primary pollster, Nick Cavallis, is getting behind Anna Bailau, who is, you know, another name that could be entering this race. Uh, one of the premier's, um, you know, key electoral uh, gurus, uh, Corey Tanaik, really, who helped run the 2022 election campaign, he's getting behind Brad Bradford. So, the, the premier is not directly involved, but he has his tentacles in all of these races, or at least the conservative apparatus is involved in this race, because what happens at Toronto City Council could be very consequential for the premier. If Toronto can help build all of these homes that the premier is hoping to build in the city, then, you know, it, it really helps to, to bolster his promises that he's made. And so while he's not getting into the race, he's certainly there in the background. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.